Louis Hubba. out on their lonesome to make it in a big bad world of podcasting. Oh my goodness, the new, the new theme song, Lewis. He's done it. Tom Cardi, incredible. Thank you so much to Tom Cardi. Uh, if you heard last week, we had a couple of notes you wanted to drop, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I the wanted... honk, I think, works as well. The honk works. The honk was beautiful. It was a beautiful honk, a beautiful drop. Uh, Tom Cardi's a beautiful man. And damn, it's still so smooth. So damn smooth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Hobber and Hing podcast. My name is Michael Hing. And I am Lewis Hobber. Hello. And uh, Lewis, I'm coming to you today from uh, the sunny and dry city of Adelaide. Uh, I'm here for the Adelaide Fringe Festival. Um, and so we're doing our first remote record. You and I are in different places today. And uh, we have spent today, the first part of the podcast recording, about half an hour of technical difficulties. And let me tell you, Lewis, that was reminiscent of our time at the ABC. <laughs> it really brought me back to our time at Triple J. It feels good to be home, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm recording uh, my end in what was, in my mind, going to be this like podcast studio. We found the house. I was like, oh, this is going to be the perfect study. And in reality, what it is, <laughs> is um, the most rattly, uh, echoey room that is also like murderously <laughs> hot, like torturously weirdly hot. You can't cool it down. Nothing can cool it down. It's a, it's mm. a echoey sauna where every 10 minutes a plane flies right overhead. Perfect. Perfect recording conditions. If at some point during the podcast we need to take our shirts off because you're too hot, um, I think that, I mean, give the, give the listeners what they want, you know, shirtless podcasting. Honestly, I, I, you'll see the sweat. You'll see, you can already see my face is quite red. Oh, is that? And there's some construction starting. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. That means I'm going to have to close the window, which is going to really increase the heat rate. Honestly, the idea of you slowly going insane today during this podcast record because of heat, that's really going to make my life better. That's really going to help me. Does that... I think that's helped with the noise, but that's going to really amplify the heat. Okay, let's... We're going to have to whip through this podcast as quickly as possible. Um, tell me about Adelaide. Um, okay, so Adelaide, I'm here for the Fringe Festival. I'm doing a show with our friend uh, and, and uh, former Triple J host, Tom Ballard, mm. which has been very fun. And um, I've been doing some sort of, not like nothing too gossipy, but I've been talking a little bit about uh, on stage about you and I leaving Triple J and kind of like, you know, what it's been like since then and stuff. And let me mm-hmm. tell you, the people, the people out there in Adelaide, the people out in the streets... They fucking love Hobber and Hing. Let me tell you, mm. peep, I I was really um I was when I, when we left, I really thought people would be like, I'm glad they're gone. But um, <laughs> but Lewis, people are clamoring, clamoring for us to return to the airwaves. And so what I've been doing in the show is uh, uh, inevitably I'll be like, oh, so anyway, last year obviously I quit my job and stuff, and then people are mm. like, boo, go back to Triple J, etc. Mm. And then I've been using it as an opportunity to plug the podcast and be like, well. <laughs> If you love, if you love the Hobber and Hing Triple J show, let me tell you, we are currently about to, in the midst of launching a podcast, the Hobber and Hing podcast. We're on episode negative one. This is episode, I think this is episode zero now. Um, is it? No, sure. Are we tra- up to episode? Are we up to? Are we up to zero? Is next week this launch? Is zero. This is episode zero. Yeah. This is well. Oh, this is pre-launch no. still. We're not at one yet. We're still at episode zero. Oh yeah. Um, 
Um, and so, and, and so pe- people, I'm, I'm trying to explain this to people, and I've been making people in the shows occasionally, <laughs> I've been making them get out their phones and sub- subscribe to our podcast. And <laughs> it's yielding results, Lewis. We're Is now it? in the, well, I can tell you now, we are now in the multiple thousands of downloads per episode. We're, 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 rushing, we're rushing up the charts, Lewis. Oh, that's great news. Um, I, it's so funny you say that because I, um, weirdly, I, I would never have mentioned this normally, but weirdly I've had a bunch of people come up to me this week, um, which is like occasionally a thing that happens, but it was it's this week for some reason it has been like a spike in people coming up to me on the street and saying that they loved our show. Um, and one, I was just having a coffee with a friend the other day and this um, very nice woman came up to me and said, sorry, are you Hobber? And I was like, yeah. And she said, oh, you know, love love the radio show. Very sad that you're gone. And I, I did the same thing. I was like, well, we've actually got a new podcast. And I felt so insane because I was just speaking to, I was getting one more listener, just one more. I'm like, look, this is not how you build an audience, Lewis, just going around no, telling individuals. Lewis. No, it is, Lewis. We, we, we are going to build this podcast one by one, person <laughs> by person. Yep, the other day, literally, I got a, a lady up on stage and got her mm. phone and I subscribed to our podcast on her phone. I mean, and and let me tell you, for I would say two-thirds of the audience, very boring. Yeah. But for one-third of the audience, extremely exciting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And now all we need is for her to surreptitiously sign up a friend. And the Songs of Innocence continues. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I've been having a lovely time here in Adelaide, um, kind of spruiking our podcast. Um, mm. How have you been? What have you been up to this week? Uh, what have I been up to this week? Well, um, look, my it's pretty boring, to be totally honest with you. My uh, partner has gone back to work. So I'm in full-time mm. olive mode. It's just olive and dad all day. Um, sure. And she does not like that. She does not like that at all. Yeah. She hates you. Your daughter hates you? <laughs> she certainly, she knows two people in the world very well. Uh-huh. One right, of them, okay. one of them she's obsessed with. The other one uh-huh. is just around. How, now, this is, I'm, I'm interested in this, Lewis, because mm. I know your brain quite well. Mm. And um, I wonder, mm. the, the, the healthy option here for a parent I'm imagining uh-huh. would be to be like, well, they're a baby and they only know two people, and one of them feeds her. So obviously, you know, my partner's going to be the favorite. Mm. Obviously, the mum's going to be the favorite. Yep. You know, that, that, that's I think that's probably a, a healthy way of looking at it. Yep. But I also know that your insane brain is can be quite competitive with even the smallest of things, mm-hmm. like I don't know um, who got the better salad from um, sushi bowl or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. you know. So I mm. wonder when when you see that Olive that you're not the favorite of your daughter again only two people in the world you know you're still in the top 2 but to you do you feel like that is a loss do you feel like you are losing to uh <laughs> to Alex It's so funny you say that because the amount of times that I have to say out loud she's just a baby she's just a baby <laughs> she's just a baby <laughs> <laughs> She's just a baby. She doesn't know. Like, she's just a baby. She Like, I. there are times where I'm like, oh, okay, you don't want to hang out with Dad. Well, good luck to you. And then I'm like, just a baby. She's just a baby. Because, like, most of the, like, most of the time it's fine, but the other day she just screamed for, like, six hours straight. And it yeah. it's very um, – it's quite traumatic to have someone that you love and care for screaming uncontrollably for that long and there's nothing you can do. 
and it, it, it like mm. jangles the nerves. It really like it really makes well, you. Well, Lewis, yeah. Can I offer something? Maybe Please. if you were more entertaining or a better father, she wouldn't scream at you. So Dude, you think I am. That? I it's so <laughs> I am doing every trick I have. It's um. I was thinking about this the other day. You're really tap dancing for the baby? Oh, literally hopping. So there's this song that's called Hot Little Bunnies Hop, 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 and she loves it. But it requires me to fully hop and hold my hands like a bunny. And she checks that my feet leave the ground. Like when I'm doing the Hot Little Bunny, she goes, more, more. But she also (laughs) looks down at my feet to make sure I'm doing the full jump. And the other day we were out on the street, like full busy street, four lanes Uh of traffic. And she was losing it. And I'm like, I'm going to have to hop little bunny. But I'm like on a busy pedestrian. So I'm just, she's screaming in a pram. And I'm just next to her, a man on the street, bunny ears going, hop little bunny, hop, 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 hop little bunny, hop, hop, hop. <laughs> and it was working. But again, she's leaning out over the pram to make sure I'm jumping. So I'm having to do the full jump. Um, and it did take the edge off, but I remember I was like, when when she was just like a month old, I remember like she would be crying and I'd be walking around the streets trying to calm her down and I'd be doing little songs or whatever, but, you know, you'd feel a bit more self-conscious. You'd look around being like, oh, sorry, you know, baby crying. Mm. Whereas now sure. that's gone. It, it took a year and it's gone. I'm hopping like a bunny on the street. I'm doing bunny ears. My feet are leaving the ground. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. My only mission here is to stop this child from crying and I will do whatever dance she wants. Oh, this is incredible. This is mm. really good because it uh, obviously to to people who see you now on the street, because mm. you were saying people might recognise you from Triple J, are you hover, etc. <laughs> what they're seeing is a former national radio host sort of doing a one-man show for one audience member just on the street. Mm. Do you yeah. think anyone would have walked past and be like, Man, Lewis has really let himself go. Is that? You know? <laughs> is that? <laughs> I think so. But I also, at the end of every dance, I always turn to Olive and go, "Don't forget to subscribe to the new podcast." <laughs> one listener, Michael. One listener every time. That's how one we get one. it. Well, I've been keeping busy as well, Lewis. I've been I've, I've been going to the gym a lot oh, yeah. recently. Um. So I don't know if I told you this, but you know how I've, I've, I've moved from the world of radio sure, to the world yeah. of television, right? Um, a, a person who, th- now to be clear, they were having a mm-hmm. fun joke, right? They were having a fun joke and they weren't trying to be mean. But they did say to me at one point, uh, uh, a person who, who works with me at the television show, they did say to me, hey, this isn't radio, Michael. <laughs> You've got to tighten up the rig. Okay, sure. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which... Uh-huh. <laughs> And, and I want to be clear, they were having a fun joke and I took it as a fun joke. But obviously, oh, yeah. sometimes jokes just go into your brain. And then, so, and, and you know, we, we both experienced that. And so even though their intention was fun and joking, it has got into my brain and I have been trying mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. tighten up the rig, okay? Which is like, probably, broadly speaking, good in general. You know, I should be exercising. I should be trying to, you know. So for the last, like, maybe like three weeks, I think, I've been going to the gym mm-hmm. every single day. Um... And um, uh, I know you're a gym guy as well sometimes, right? You, when you go to the gym, do you wear your glasses? Oh, good question. It is, uh, I, I would try not to. If I can be bothered, I'll put contacts in. Um, but mm. I, I do have a pair of glasses that are like, you can run in them. Like I have a, I have a pair of titanium glasses that are very light for running. Hot damn. Mm. 
Um, so my glasses, uh, they're sort of they're, they're slipping off my face if I'm sweaty, mm. you know. So I'm not wearing I'm not wearing my glasses, you know, at the gym. So the other day, I was at the gym, and uh, look, I'm no stranger to this. Sometimes at the gym, you know, you've you've been hot and sweaty, and you you see yourself in a mirror, and you think to yourself, "Hey, I've been exercising. I wonder if I maybe I'm, I'm looking better. I bet you know I look I mean? great. You know, just you checking yourself out. Sure, yeah. And I caught myself in the mirror, and I was like, "Oh my goodness." I've been, I've been, I've, I've had just done like a 5k run and I was like, I think my skin's clearing up. This is crazy. This is, has, has dude, why do they not talk about this in skincare? Like I've just gone for a run. My skin is looking so, oh, so bright and, oh, not a blemish. Mm. And then as I got closer to the mirror, I realized it was just because I wasn't wearing my glasses. Mate, this, <laughs> this happens to me. Every single morning of my life, every morning I wake up <laughs> and I go to, I wake up and I go to the bathroom and I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, geez, someone got their beauty sleep. And then I'll like go back to whatever, make a coffee or something, put my glasses on, return to the mirror and go, oh no, just normal. Oh, <laughs> oh no, still. There, there's that old haggard friend. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Uh, th- with the gaunt eyes, the graying hair. Oh my goodness! <laughs> this is so. What I'm thinking of, you know how? So when when, when you and I, obviously, uh, you know, when people want to be hot, mm. right? I think we're go- coming at it from the wrong angle. Mm. You know, when people want to be hot, what they're doing is they're trying to improve themselves. They're trying to make themselves look hotter. They're going to the gym. They're trying to eat right. You know, mm. they're getting a personal trainer and becoming, you know, Kamal Nanjiani in Eternals <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. You know, they're doing all that kind of stuff. What they should do is just make everyone else a bit more blurry. You know what I mean? In their eyes. Yes. That's the. That's what we should all be doing. We should be. The government should actually has a vested interest in making everyone else's eyes look worse, so that people like you and I and everyone else can look a little bit hotter. Well, do you know, um, it's funny you should say that because it actually pits you against your dad. <laughs> this is a classic yes. um, son rebelling against his father. Your dad dedicating his life to improving the sight mm. of, of everyone, children, and Michael Hing desperately yes. trying to tweak everyone's prescriptions just a little, <laughs> just get them a little wrong so that everyone looks a little bit hotter. I'm uh, just so you know. I'm on. I'm yeah. on team Michael Hing. I'm with you because it's sort of like people talk <laughs> about like the beer goggles. You're going no, no. Let's just give yes. everyone full time goggles that are just a little bit soft focus. What I would say is a little bit of Vaseline on the eyes. Yeah, that's what I'm suggesting here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It would be because people are like, oh, you know, like TikTok filters are ruining the perception of everyone's life. You're like, well, we can fix that. By screwing up everyone's eyes, do that and then, IRL, and then the, then know? we'll look like the TikTok filters. Then the job will be done. Exactly. It's really good. Exactly, I'm into it, Lewis. I will say we did say a couple of episodes ago that we would enjoy that you and I would be appropriate for like a glasses sponsor. I don't think this angle true. is going to work well with them. So, uh-huh. would you rather be sponsored by glasses or by Vaseline? Because those are our options right now. I don't think Vaseline Vaseline is such a fuck to sponsor to get. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Well, like, what do you use? Homer and Hing in the pocket of big oil. <laughs> it's so just like, what is it for, really? Is it is it like old school lube? I would have used it for lips. It's a sort of a lip balm. 
Mm, I don't. You can, put it, you can put it over a wound sometimes. Yeah, it's too vague. I've to be clear, I've never used I've I've never used Vaseline as sexual lubricant. No, no, no me it's neither. But I I wonder. It just I'd be concerned. I mean, maybe you can, but I'd be a bit concerned about it. Uh, I guess congealing. It feels. Oh goodness. It feels <laughs> like um, Vaseline is a. Like it's hard for me to understand how that product still exists. It, like Vaseline mm. still feels like like Coca-Cola with cocaine in it. Like it just feels like a thing that you get at the apothecary in the olden times. I don't know why we still have Vaseline. It doesn't seem to serve any purpose. Do you need to put petroleum directly onto your skin for some reason? Try Vaseline. I don't know if you've um, been keeping up with the news, Lewis, this week. Uh, I, I try some, not to. Some big news. Oh, well, there's been some big news this week, Lewis. Don't know if you've seen this. Mm. Um, but um, and obviously, you know, on, on our radio show, we used to just talk about like wacky news stories and stuff. Oh, yeah. So I'm just trying to bring a bit of that energy. Yeah, love it to the podcast. Um, did you see that our, our prime minister Anthony Albanese got himself engaged? Oh, I did. He got engaged. I did. Lewis. I did. Yeah. Um, congratulations, first and now, foremost. Congratulations to Albo. As I mean, you're engaged right now. I've I've obviously been through the engagement process. I'm now married, and let me tell you, congratulations to Albo. Mm. Um, it's very exciting for him to to get engaged. First prime minister, I think, uh, in Australian history, to get engaged in the not the, not the White House, what do we call it, the Lodge in the Lodge. <laughs> yeah, right? very exciting for him. Um, but what I I guess I hadn't really delved into Anthony Albanese's private life before, mm. so. I wasn't aware that he was, I guess, not married. I don't know. I just didn't know what was going on in his life. And what it kind of made me think about is that, like, two weeks ago, that means two weeks ago, our Prime Minister was just some lady's boyfriend. Mm. Like, that's really funny to me. (laughs) Like, he was just a boyfriend, you know? Yeah. Like, she was just out having coffee with her friends, talking about, like, oh, I don't know if it's going to work out with Anthony. He's at, he's yeah, at work a lot. Yeah, and she's talking about the prime minister. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I've, but that means like he's he's probably had to do all the boyfriend stuff. Like he's obviously got to meet her friends. Yeah, he's probably got to meet her family. Yeah, they're going to be asking a bunch of weird questions about his career. Like oh, I don't know, is this politics thing full time? You know that kind of thing. <laughs> like, it doesn't feel very do you stable. See a in it, you know? this country. Like yeah, he exactly. could only be here for another three weeks. We tend to go through them. Yeah, because I would have thought the um the. The Instagram launch is a tough moment for any relationship, um, but it's a particularly mm. spicy one if you are the girlfriend of the prime minister. You've got to hard launch the prime minister as your yeah, beau. You yeah, know? it's big. And, and look, look as much as as much as a lot of people who probably listen to this podcast are broadly speaking, fan, like probably lean more towards Anthony Albanese's politics than the other side. Mm. I will say. Just by being a politician, he is probably quite a divisive mm. figure, and so a lot. Of, some of your friends are gonna dislike him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I will. I. You know what? Remember when we were on radio, Albo attended mm. the wedding of um, radio rival Kyle Sanderlands. Yes, yes. And we tried to get Albo on the show to invite him to your wedding, if I recall, to see to yes. be like, hey, for balance, you should be attending. All radio broadcasters' weddings. Of course. And I think what happened was his office didn't get back to us. Uh, I think something... <laughs> I think I remember... I'm pretty sure he had to go overseas. Like, he went overseas for something oh, quite high yeah. level at the time. 
I think they said he was going to come right. on and he then... He was, like, going over for trade talks or some yeah, shit. Yeah, he was actually going to come on. And then they were like, no, he has to go to, like, China to talk to Xi Jinping or something. We were like, boo. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to go to China. You've got Chinese people here. Come on. <laughs> We've got China at home. It's Michael Hing, Anthony Albanese, please. <laughs> China at home. Um, I. But here's the thing. I My wedding's still, you know, to come. Alex and I have been mm. engaged for, I don't know, 18 months or something. Um, and we just don't have the time yeah. or money to get married. But if, you know, Albo would like to come to a pod now podcast host's wedding, we could probably get one together. Ooh, what about this? What about this? Mm. You and I start a campaign to try and get invited to Anthony Albanese's Oh, that's wedding. good. Okay. So, so you and I are like, hey, we want to go to this prime ministerial wedding. I don't know what we need to do to go to Albo's wedding. Mm. You know, I feel like we might be a way off. slagging him off so much, I imagine. I had, yeah, I mean, look, we're probably a fair way down the list. I had, I've played footy um, with him. We've met. We've, we've met a couple yeah. of times. We've met. We've, he's, he came on our radio show a couple of times. Yep. Frankly, he wasn't great talent, but that's fine. That's fine. Well, but you know? one of the times... I think he was, I think he was under I, I think he was under a lot of painkillers at the time. That's right. I think he was sort of... You know, it, there, there were some um, extenuating circumstances. He'd just been in a car crash and gotten out of hospital. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. I have some sympathy for the man. Yeah. Now, now we we get we try and get invited to Anthony Albanese's wedding, and then ultimate stunt of all time, we bring a celebrant <sighs> to Albo's wedding, right? Oh. And then we hijack Albo's wedding and we marry you and Alex at Albo's wedding. Can I just say, I love it. It's going to be a hard sell for Alex <laughs> to turn her wedding into a into a stunt. Like obviously for me, I, I my mm. whole life's a stunt. I would um I would be thrilled, but it might be. I mean, maybe she'd love it. I don't know. Maybe um. Well, I think this takes a lot of pressure off you guys. If you're saying one of the main reasons you haven't gotten married, you know, yet yeah. is is you said you can't afford it. This is pretty cheap. I mean, Albo's paying for the venue. You know, yeah. he's paying for the catering. Yeah. You know, he's he's providing all of that. That's true. And you're just kind of piggybacking along. Plus, imagine you know? imagine the guest list at our wedding. They'd be like, wow, you had like all of the world leaders at your wedding. You didn't have any friends <laughs> or family, but you had a pretty good yeah. guest list. of No friends, but you had like, yeah, no friends, but you had like 35 senators. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I um, I'll run it by I'll run it by Alex and get back to you. There might be some pushback, but okay. also obviously we need Albo to agree, um, which might yeah. be tough. But you know what? You, I would like to attend anyway. I'm sure he's listening to the podcast. So if you are Albo, um, uh, I'm sure you can find our address. How much would you pay to get a ticket to Albo's wedding? Would you buy a ticket to the prime minister's wedding? Yeah, I would. It depends. Is it is it general admin or is it you're in the wedding? Like, am I in? Like, are no, you you're, in? You're, you, no, no, no. There's not a gallery or anything. Yeah. It's like it's like there is there is one there are two seats left on a table. Oh, right. Yeah. Of just like random elbow guests, and they've gone up for, and and they're just being offered around, yeah. and they go, "Hey, how much would you pay for these? Would you pay like?" I don't know. I mean, obviously, like if it's like fifty bucks, oh, you'd, you'd do without it. Without the, the meal itself, is probably worth it. You know yeah. what I mean? I would probably like, and this is not Albo specific. This is any world leader, really. I'd probably go up to a thousand, a thousand dollars, like to attend Albo's wedding. Pretty weird event to attend. Do you know what I mean? You just want to be in the room. You want to hobnob with some world leaders, Lewis. Pretty, a pretty like 
when you get to the end of your life and you're like, what are the, some of the weirder things mm. you did? You'd be like, well, I, I like have a photo with, I don't know, Albo and um, like At the uh, Prime Joe Minister of Biden. Fiji or something. Yeah, the Prime Minister of yeah. Fiji and we're all doing shots. Fuck. You know, <laughs> you know it's Fuck. pretty weird. Be, well, imagine this. Imagine if we got to Albo's wedding and then we spent the whole time just like hobnobbing, mm. going around, you know, mm. and we were finding sponsors. That's oh, what we were doing. National then, you know? sponsors. Hobber and Hing podcast brought to you by Nairu, <laughs> you know, brought to you by the Solomon Islands, you know? Yes. This could I think I think we could be the we could be the podcast of Big Big Island, you know? I I love it. I mean it's it's kind of thinking both big and small. You're like, I I want to get sponsored by a nation, but just the smallest ones we have, an island nation. Well, look, I mean, is the is the US government gonna sponsor us, Lewis? Probably not. Doesn't you know, they're the biggest economy in the world. Do we want to be sponsored by like Russia or China? I would say probably not. You know, I don't know. I, I don't. I wouldn't want to necessarily take money from this from the CCP. Well, look, since but, the podcast, you know, you get down to the, some of these small. The podcast hasn't officially launched yet. Though. I just want to bring it back to the fact that that offer is still out to all the Souths. <laughs> the House of Souths. It keeps coming. It, they keep coming up, Michael. Is that is it destiny? Maybe it is. <laughs> How, did the, how does the House of Saud feel uh, about a, uh, a skinny white guy doing a shirtless podcast? I'm mad. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But their, their track record for, um, I guess what you could broadly describe as broadcasters and journalists, mm. not great. Yeah, it's high risk, high reward, isn't it? If you dance with the Sauds. All right. So if you are Anthony Albanese and yes. you're listening, we'd love to hear from you. If you are anyone who has any link to Anthony Albanese and you reckon that you could get us in with him to the wedding or something, mm. you know, we, we would love that. It's, we would love that. It's funny because you know it's it's on the record that I love weddings. I love attending weddings. I love everything about weddings. Mm. It's like a big group of strangers who are all having a couple of drinks and want to chit-chat and maybe have a gossip. Like it's my absolute paradise. But it is traditionally your nightmare. Mm. No, I don't. I, yeah, I hate a wedding. Hate a wedding. Not interested in. Not interested in most weddings. But in this instance, I'm kind of turning the wedding into a business uh. meeting, and I love a business meeting. <laughs> I, I, on. I guess this is a bit of a tangential leap, but um, you know, obviously, uh, you got to be well dressed for a wedding. We'd have to think about what to wear. Of course. Um, but I have noticed, Michael, because uh, you're, as you mentioned, your job at the project, um. I, f- I follow mm. the project on Instagram, you know, like to ca- catch their updates, etc. Thank et you so much. Um, and every now and again, I'll see that they'll post uh, just a photo of the panel. I'll be like, hey, here's who's on the panel tonight. And here's what they're wearing. Sure. Yep. And here's who's dressed them. Every time I see that, I um, I think to myself, it's so interesting that, like, you're you're there in a suit and they're like, Michael Hing, dressed by Dom Balamadano or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, I know. Mm. I know Michael Hing. Michael Hing does not care about this. He doesn't. Michael Hing's only thing, like, only reason Michael Hing thinks about what he's going to wear in the morning is will this help me avoid static electricity? That's your only. <laughs> that's your only benchmark. You know, is it or <laughs> is this blue enough? Maybe that's a distant second. Yes. But it never second. does this yes. look good. And so every time I see this, I'm like, I I wonder what must be going through your fa- your head when they take that photo and they go, oh, we've got to tell Dom Bomanano that 
you've, well, he's been dressed by, uh, he's dressed you tonight. So I am baffled by this as well. So the reason they do it is because I think there is probably some sort of commercial deal and, and the clothing companies sponsor the show or something. Mm. I don't know the exact details, but I imagine you're getting the clothes for free or something, right? The second thing, the second reason they do that is that but I think mostly for a lot of the, the women on the panels, mm. people watching are often interested in what they're wearing. Right. You know? So if Sarah Harris or Susie Yusuf or whatever are wearing a, a beautiful gown, if Georgie Tunney's wearing a wonderful dress or a blouse or something, sure. people want to know what that is. Now, I think the, the drop-off... Like, and, and so I understand that they're getting, they're getting messages. The social media team is getting messages like, hey, what was, that, what was that jacket that Sarah was wearing? And I think they're just putting it on there. They're putting it on the Instagram post so they don't have to reply to a thousand messages. Getting out ahead know? of it. I reckon there's a significant drop-off <laughs> when you get past Georgie Tunney and Sarah Harris. Even after that, you might get to like Hamish McDonald, Waleed Ali, Sam Taunton. Mm. I, I, I reckon... I don't think there's ever been a single person who's been interested in what Michael Hink's wearing. Well, I don't think I have sold a jacket ever. I, I've worn a million suits on that fucking show. I don't think anyone has ever been, oh man, I wonder, I wonder what tie Michael Hink's wearing. No one gives a fuck what I'm wearing. I beg to differ. You have at least one person interested every time. Me, I'm always like, who's, who's letting their brand touch this man? <laughs> Who's letting their brand be sullied by Michael? Yeah. Well, for a long, for a long time, when I first started the project, because I was working at the ABC, and obviously at the ABC, if you're an ABC person, you can't do advertising. Mm. So for the first while, when I was at the project, they couldn't do the Michael Hing is dressed by. It was just it would be like it would be like Hamish McDonald is in like you know blah 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 Sarah Harris is blah 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 blah, and then it would come to me and it would just be like Michael Hing, and there would be no where's whatever there'd be no dressed by. It mm. would just be blank. And I thought it was obvious to people that they were like, oh, it's because he's on the ABC all the time and he's got the contract so he can't do blah, blah, blah. But I think a lot of people just thought like, oh, I guess no one wants to be associated <laughs> with Michael Hing. <laughs> Model zone. Yeah. But it's exactly. funny because yes. I, the suits that you uh, wore on your other television show, on your quiz show, um, the SBS mm. uh, Celebrity um, Letters and Numbers... numbers. Now, that was a much... You got some very bold choices on that one. And I thought you were... Yes. They were very checked, very patterned. I thought you were going down a really interesting path there. And I thought if you brought that across to the project, I think it would turn some heads. Yeah. People would be like, oh, Michael Hings, he's, he's the jazzy one. You know what I mean? So when I, so Celebrity Letters and Numbers is the show mm. that I host on, on SBS. Um, season four out now on SBS On Demand, if you want to go Michael watch that. Um, we recorded that knows. two and a half years ago. <laughs> everyone knows. <laughs> it has just been released now. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, yes, uh, when we did that, the SBS people are very, very fashion forward. Mm. I mean, people would know like Lee Lin Chin mm. or whatever, famously, very fashion forward. So, so, the, so the crew at SBS, they're very much like, Hey, we don't have a lot of money, but we can just like have a we can have a bit of pizzazz, you know. So it's a lot of bright colors, a lot of like. I reckon on that show, I would get a message. When it's on, I reckon I would get like a message every three days from someone. Like I would get, I would get lots of messages of people being like, "Why are you dressed like an insane Japanese game show host? Like, do you think you're on Takeshi's Castle? What the fuck <laughs> yes. are you wear? Like, it's." Because it's a lot of it is a lot of bold prints. Yeah. It's it's like really fashion forward stuff that I would never wear. 
And I reckon I can get like two or three messages a week from people being like, what the fuck are you wearing? You look insane. I know, but that's what I liked about it. I was like, every time I saw it, I was like, mm. damn. Because it did... Um, yeah, you did look like you were hosting a Japanese game show, but in I think in a fun way. I think in a way that was engaging. Yeah, I think well, I was it, hosting a I was hosting a a game show on SBS. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and that's that that that, 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 that of all the networks, they've probably broadcast in Australia the most Japanese game shows. Mm. So they've got pedigree there. You know, they've got form on that. Yeah, I think it's time. You know, I think I think you could bring I think you could bring the wacky game show host look to. The project, and then I think a lot more people would be buying Michael Hing's suit jackets. Okay, what what do you think? Because obviously, my main goal in any of mm. this is to make money for our podcast. Yes. Now, I don't know the legality of this, mm. but can I sell advertising space on another network via this podcast? It's like subletting, <laughs> but for advertising. <laughs> so okay, so what if we? Do a call out now to anyone who's like, "Hey, are you a are you an up and coming designer? You know, mm. are, are you a suit manufacturer somewhere in Australia? Do you need to get your name out there?" Now, obviously, if I wear a suit or any clothing on this podcast, mm. you know, it's an audio medium. Mm. We do a little video every now and again, mm. but like, you know, no one's going to see it. No one cares. Would you like? Would you like your suits? Would you like your clothes on the project? Right? We I sell that advertising space. Yeah, I can cut them in. I can cut the project in, maybe, but we take the lion's share here at Hover and Ing, obviously, Lewis. I really like it. So I, they don't force you to wear anything. You could show up and be like, "I'd really like to wear this, um, this silver onesie." That's, uh, and they're like, "Well, get it, get out there." I think I reckon if the silver, if it was a formal onesie, yeah, I think we could make it work. Okay, great. You know, yeah, <laughs> fantastic. All right. Basically, well, look, here's the limit. Here's the limit, right? If the if because it's a news program, so there are some limits. Mm. It's it's got to be if the prime minister is assassinated and they cut to us, <laughs> I can't be wearing anything that would seem yeah disrespectful. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yes, particularly so and they would know that you were going to attend his wedding. A close personal friend of the prime minister, a close personal friend of Anthony Albanese, <laughs> and yet he seems to be mocking his death. <laughs> So, so you know, as long as it's not too wacky, I'm pretty sure I could get away with it. Now, look, I haven't, I obviously haven't floated this at work, mm, mm. but you know, mm. it's, it's, I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to have the conversation. Yeah, you know, that, we could, we could cut us. We'll, we'll be the middleman. I like it because the middleman. I was actually just going to pitch. Um, we do our own version every week for the podcast of a Hobber and Hing dressed by, um, and see if we could get sponsors <laughs> that way. But I. Um, I like this. I mean, we could do both. We could do we could do two tiers. Well, in this instance, it would be uh, Lewis Hobbit dressed by a hot room, so he's shirtless. You know, <laughs> Lewis Hobbit dressed by bad architecture in this fucking terrace house. It just this this room was supposed to be our child's nursery, and we just can't use it as that because it's too hot and it would boil her from the inside. Yeah, I imagine that. Um, it's kind of like leaving a baby in a car in that yeah. room. Like you just can't. Do yeah, it, that's right. Know? I tried to leave her in here while I went gambling, and it was simply too hot. <laughs> the cops turned up. Now, Michael, uh, I know we've been having some fun today, but um, it's time to get serious mm-hmm. um, because in, on this podcast, I'd like to think that you and I sometimes take on the big issues and we we go head on and particularly 
Of course. Sometimes these things are sacred cows. These are things that are, that are mm-hmm. beloved by you, by me, by the world. And we, we still have to tear them down, to be honest. Uh, and in this instance, of course. It's, we're straight that's shooters, right. you know? So this is kind of a sacred cow if it you uh, also had like sacred milk and then you sacredly froze that milk. Because, Michael, I want to take on big ice cream today. Big ice cream? Big ice cream. Because uh, y- ice cream's your favourite... Isn't ice cream your favourite food in the world? It's my favourite food in the world. And it kills me to do this. But unfortunately, there is one ice cream brand who has stepped to Hobber and Hing. And, uh, well... What? Good luck to them. Let's see how long they last. Now, this was brought to our attention from Noof. Uh, so thank you for getting in touch. Oh, thank you, Noof. Thank you, Noof. Uh, now, long-term listeners of the Hobber and Hing program on radio would know that when we were on Triple J, uh, we decided to bring some joy to the world by uh, inventing Triple J's first ever mascot, a big drum called Dr. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, now, it's just yes. it's essentially just me and a big drum. Um, there was a lot of... Uh, uh, interest in it a lot of hullabaloo around it it took a long time for us to get it made but by the end it was a, a beautiful thing that we loved and that um i think brought joy to yes um adults and children uh, and everyone in between but the name dr yes. um, dr um a beloved triple j mascot be- a beloved hobber and hing mascot people love dr people um. love dr um now there is a little thing that happens in america michael called the super bowl uh you may have heard of it Yes, I'm aware of it. Uh, Now, obviously, there's uh, a thing that happens every year for the Super Bowl, which is their their ads. They're big ads everyone talks about. Very expensive to buy, like, the ad time there because everyone in America watches it. It's being watched around the world. Very prime ad time. So this ad uh, screened uh, out the Super Bowl. It features comedian Eric Andre. Now, I'd like to think that uh, Mr. Andre was not um, aware of what he was wading into, Mm -hmm. but I can't know for sure. (laughs) <laughs> is it possible that Eric Andre uh, has turned to Hobber and Hing for ideas? It was inevitable, some would say. Now, this is an ad that was made by a company, Michael, uh-huh. who makes ice creams uh-huh. called Drumstick. Oh! I was 36,000 feet in the air when... Uh, Excuse me, is there a doctor on the plane? I'm a doctor. The name's Umstick. Dr. Umstick. Get my bag. Stat. <laughs> another day, another drumstick. Another day, another copyright infringement, Michael. Another day, another dog. Doctor Umstick. They've taken that. that Doctor Umstick. Doctor. That. What the fuck? What the yeah. fuck? A Super Bowl. When I at the Super Bowl. This is like the Super like Bowl. Like a billion people watch the Super Bowl. This is fucking. That's yeah. a fucking. Oh, this is a travesty. This is disgusting. Isn't this outrageous? Yeah, this is truly outrageous. So, I mean, look, it's interesting that you say you think you know Eric Andre or whatever didn't know about this. Eric Andre probably didn't write this commercial. I mean, I don't know who did, but usually what happens for commercials oh, is that's right. Some some advertising person has written this commercial. You know, they've scripted it, they've given it to the comedian, then they've just got to perform it. So, I, I don't want to accuse Eric Andre of stealing anything, but the fucking creative ad agency that has made this. They're our fucking enemies now, Lewis. They've made they've made our list of enemies. It's them. It's I don't know who else is on our list of enemies, but there's a it's a growing list, and they're on it. <laughs> that you, that your high school librarian, I believe, is on oh, that we'll list. We'll get to that story eventually. Um, 
I know. I couldn't believe it. So thank you to Noof. Now, I don't know how we... Um, I don't know whether... Obviously, you and I no longer work for the ABC. Mm. Uh, so, And I don't think their lawyers um, would have waded into this one anyway. Too hot for them. Um, usually, they work mostly on defence, I think, than attack. Uh, but I... Maybe you and I need to hire some lawyers. We need to go after this this company. Maybe we just need to um, get Drumstick to send us uh, either money or ice creams as form of payment. Uh, but look, something needs to happen. Um, I'm alerting. I assume it's the Peter Streets company. Is that the? Uh, um, wait, I don't Peter's, know. I haven't checked Peter that. Peter Streets. They're two different companies, aren't they? They're um, it's uh, it's a conglomerate now. Big ice cream, Michael. It goes all the way to the top. Well, I think we should we should at least get in touch. We can get some free ice creams out of this. This would be great. I hope so. I hope so. I'm uh, I'm looking for some either uh, uh, some frozen assets, or we'll freeze <laughs> their assets. There's something in there. I mean, do, do, I'm, I'm so do hot. You... <laughs> he's got ice cream on the brain because he's sweating. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just give his goddamn ice creams for this sauna podcast studio. Now we're trying to. Th- th- you're saying we should get into bed with big ice cream. What about what if what if we flip? Well, it? I'm saying they owe us. Yeah. What if we flip it, and we bo- we we started a boycott of drumstick. Not a a a drum a single scoop will not pass these lips until justice <laughs> is served. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Hover and Hing, having left their drum-based company, have now sw- gone on a drum-based hunger strike. <laughs> I'll uh, yeah. I'll only eat. What's the what's the um, Cornetto. Cornetto. Maybe we should reach out to Cornetto and be like, "Hey, you know, yeah. Do you have a? Do, I mean, you're an yeah. ice. You're a bit I of mean, an I'll, ice cream aficionado. Do you have a? Can you? Uh, would you know the difference between a, a drumstick and a Cornetto? Uh, look, to be, if I'm totally honest, yeah. the the fake cone, like the prepackaged cone based ice creams, are not my not my area. Um, you know, I'm I'm more of an on a stick or in the tub kind of guy. <laughs> stick or tub. Right, okay. Stick or tub. Yeah, I prefer stick or tub to cone. Uh, even okay. if I'm at a at a parlor, I'll usually get the cup. Wow. Why why would you get the cup? You're trying to keep down the carbs when you're eating your ice cream? Or? <laughs> I just think the cone the cone is is a bad flavor. Oh, like it no, gets in the way no, of the ice cream. No, I know what this is. Cone is messy and you're a neat freak. That's what this is. You don't want to spill. You don't like the drip. That's what this really is. To be honest, this is about I don't the, like drip. the drip. I do. I hate the drip. I can't take a drip. You get that drip. Oh, you can wipe it off, but that stick remains. I used to be a cup boy uh, at an ice cream parlor, mm. and then I was shamed. Yeah, I was. Sh- I was shamed by an ice cream parlor attendant. What? Who said to me? I was getting a, a I don't know, some sort of sorbet or something, and they said to me, um, "We're trying to like encourage people to get cones." Because it's better for the environment, right? Right. Because the cup, oh, you throw it out, yeah. whereas the cone, you eat the cone. And so they said to me, "We're encouraging people to get the cone." And I said, "Oh, look, I don't, I don't want to get sticky. Can I have the cup?" And they go, "Are you sure?" Like that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. "Oh no, I'll get the cone." And now every time I get the cone, just because I, I don't, I don't want to get shamed again. <laughs> I'll tell you what. That, well, that's actually, I'm putting it back on the ice cream parlor. They should make a cup out of a cone. 
a cup out of a cone. Oh, like a bowl, like a cone bowl. A bowl. A cone. A cone bowl. bowl. Yeah. Now you're getting it, like a like a taco almost, but like a like a ta- like a bowl. Yeah, like a taco. Like bowl. a taco bowl. Yeah, I see what you mean. Obviously, you probably yeah. wouldn't make it out of yeah cornmeal. I don't think you'd have the same Mexican spices. No. It'd be out of the waffle material, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But not holes. Like it's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Then I then then we could talk. <laughs> This is a great business idea. But until cone bowl. Yeah, edible ice cream bowl. Yeah. All right. Another great idea from us. Um, but yes, in the meantime, you can have that for free, Peter's Streets, uh, if you if you dare. Uh, but I'll I'll be awaiting an apology. And so will Noof. How dare you hurt Noof's feelings? Um, now speaking of people getting in contact with us, Lewis, um, we have an update. Oh, yes. We have an update. Our very first um, Love Guru contestant, well, not contestant, our very first caller on the show, Emily, um, called in. Well, she was sort of a contestant because there was there was risk. Yes. there was. She could have won or lost. Yes. Uh, well, we don't need to get into whether or not she won or lost. Anyway, so <laughs> Emily wanted to wanted some advice from me, um, Love Guru, from, um, started from the bottom, now we're here, mm. um, about mm-hmm. what to do. Uh, if you remember, Emily's uh, partner and her had just opened up their relationship. They were now in a sort of a poly situation. And Emily was after what to do, advice on what to do when her partner was out on dates. Um, and you can listen back to that episode if you, if you want uh, to hear that. I, gave, I think I gave some wonderful advice. I told her to um, get on a motorbike and jump a canyon, I believe. <laughs> Be, do some cool yeah, shit. Yep, that was it. Um, yep. E- Emily has gotten in touch. Because uh, I don't know if you remember, we said, well, why don't you go out and meet your own people? And there were a bunch of rules. And she said, look, uh, there's a meeting this weekend that I might be going to. Emily's gotten in touch and said mm. that they met someone. They met someone at this meeting. I don't, I, 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 I don't want to go into any details because I don't, don't want to, um, you know, okay. tell tales out of school. But I will sure. say that, yeah. Emily, uh, that Emily says that this person they met loved, loved... Emily's word, loved the Hobber and Hing dating cards and they had a 20-minute conversation on the best water they'd ever drunk. Lewis, you and I are still no. bringing people together. We are still Cupid to Australia. That's amazing. A 20-minute conversation about the best water they've ever drunk. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, I, again, I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't want to um, put, Emily, um, put Emily's private life out there or anything. But how good's that? Sure. That's actually amazing. That's so wonderful. Um, it took. That's great. Now, L- love guru success. Now, is it time, Lewis, for you to now admit that what's the best water you've ever drunk is actually a great conversation starter? Not yet. <laughs> I want to know. I will. I'll need. <laughs> I'll need Emily to get in touch with the details of that twenty-minute conversation because I'm not convinced it was a good conversation. Now, obviously, it was good for them, but I'll need to hear it with my own ears. To know that it was... Because that sounds like maybe they just wanted to fuck and any question would have got it off the ground. You know what I mean? <laughs> like quite possibly they'd have been like, oh, do you have a t- favourite type of lettuce? And they could have gone for half an hour because they're flirting. The vibes were there. Interesting. Um, I think maybe you're giving your question too much credit. L- Lewis, please. These people were probably they were probably faffing about, you know, had no idea, and they needed the they mm. needed the extreme focus of the hobbiting dating cards to <laughs> to really tune in to see what's ha- happening. I am th- I am so thrilled that um, even though you know we're no longer doing that radio show, that that there are elements of that show that live on uh, and keep making people happy. Mm. 
and keep um, bringing um, people in poly relationships together with multiple partners. What a beautiful gift to the world. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, our Instagram handle is still at Hobbenhing official. And uh, Lewis, just to wrap up, oh, a few more people have a few more people have come in to say change it. Yeah, like one it's or two swinging a. But- no, more, no, it's more. That, a few more people are coming around. It's, it's, no, it's, it's still, the vast majority is still keep the name. It's still keep the name. Um, but we may have to put it to like an Instagram poll at some point. Because yeah. I'm sensing the tide is turning. Interesting. Okay, we can do a full campaign. Um, but uh, if you want to get in touch with us, at Hobbering Official is still currently our Instagram name. And uh, Lewis, we have been contacted by mm. Tom, who uh, wants to let us know about a conspiracy theory. A conspiracy theory. Oh, interesting. So, okay, Tom, is it a what have you noticed? Yeah, I would say, I would say, it would, uh, yeah, it's bordering on a what have you noticed. So, okay. Tom listens to our podcast, the Hobbering Podcast, on Spotify. If you're aware of Spotify, mm. yeah. Uh, and he mm-hmm. says, mm-hmm. he writes, boys, the Spotify algorithms are playing silly buggers, right? So he was listening to our podcast, and then he says, autoplay, mm. which is just playing the next episode of whatever, autoplay has immediately put me on to a random ABC podcast. He goes, now I'm no conspiracy theorist, but I reckon the ABC has gotten wind of the oncoming onslaught of the Hovering podcast and tip Spotify off. What do we think? Have have our old employers lived? Are they trying to ride the coattails of our gargantuan podcast success, trying to get extra listens off the back of our podcast? It's, I mean... To be told, as with so many conspiracies, I love it. It's juicy. Mm-hmm. It there's an element of it making sense, yeah. but they, it all falls down at this. There is no one at the ABC who would think of that. <laughs> the people at the ABC barely knew we had a podcast when we were at had a podcast at the ABC. It is impossible anyone at the ABC knows we have a podcast now. <laughs> No one would ever think of that if they did think of it in order to get that kind of conspiracy approved. It would take 10 layers of management. Mm. There would have to be 75 meetings. Someone somewhere would have not heard of Spotify. There'd have to be a whole briefing on what Spotify is. It it would, it would, there's no way that that sort of thing could happen that quickly. And I say that with, you know, some love, mm. you know, like we've all, I don't mean that like burn it down. I just mean like it's a government agency of, of sorts. Mm-hmm. There are layers of bureaucracy you simply cannot avoid. Nothing moves fast. Exactly. We've been doing this podcast for about a month now. It's unlikely that the ABC has been agile enough to manipulate Spotify into um, writing our coattails to success. Now, if we, was, if we are still doing this podcast in, say, 2050, that would be enough time for the review to have mm. happened at the ABC. <laughs> <laughs> and by then, maybe. I, as, as an example of some things, like I believe it when we were doing Simply the Jest, mm. which was um, a, a, one of the biggest podcasts on the ABC, mm. um, very successful podcast, it took us, I think, about 18 months of campaigning to let the ABC put it on Spotify. Yes. And in the end, they only agreed as a um, like a an experiment it was like this crazy new system that they'd just heard of called spotify and we're like guys this at this point joe rogan signed like a 200 million dollar deal with spotify like this is where people are listening to it Mm. it's on here uh it was um you know i remember uh tom carty who did a bunch of song sequels with Mm. us those um very funny um 
songs that he did for us, we were like, oh, we should just put them together and put them out as a Spotify-only album, digital release. We should be able to whip that up super quick. Mm. A year of us asking for that, and it never happened. So the idea that the ABC could have whipped this up in a, in three weeks, impossible. <laughs> um, but if you have any conspiracy theories that are related to Hobber and Hing that you want to get in touch with, at not Hobber and Hing official is our Instagram handle. Uh, but Lewis, mm. I feel like that kind of brings us to the end of today's podcast. Um, I'm still in Adelaide mm. for the next week if you want to come and see the show and have me... Um, Subscribe to this podcast on your phone live on stage, which I absolutely will do. Um, what have you got coming up, Lewis? Well, you know what? It's just occurred to me that next week, uh, if this is episode zero, mm. next week is our official launch. Yes. And we, it might surprise some people, um, aren't ready. Because <laughs> we've made a lot of promises, particularly to do with a hot air balloon. And we aren't there yet. No, but we're working on so it. We are I working on it, Lewis. We, we are working on it. Yeah, I think we're, I think it's, I think it's still coming. Mm. Well, I mean, I we can't promise no. that, but we are planning that it's still coming. Yes. But does that mean next week we we soft pedal this thing? Is next week at like point two five? No, no, I, th- I think we've. Quarter? I think we've got to. I no, no. I think we've got to go. This is our first episode next week, you know. And then we've just got to own the fact that look, as in in classic hobbiting um, form, we haven't been organized enough to get the balloon ready. But it is coming, you know. We, we, we've been in contact with the Loon people. Re- there are there there are um, things in motion. Things are in motion, Lewis. I, I reckon if we did an episode 0.5, <laughs> I reckon the week after that, we could have a one. Like, I reckon we're so close. Okay. We're not, we're not going to be ready next week, but we might be ready the week after. Okay, okay. So, Maybe. So next week's episode... Okay, so next week's episode will be... Epi- 0.5. Okay, so next week's episode will be episode a half. And then the week after that, <laughs> it'll be episode one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, obviously, I think, if I think, that yeah. Now, obviously, if that isn't ready, by then we'll have to go to episode mm. two thirds, episode three quarters. You know, episode four fifths. There's cetera. a lot of fractions we could go to, yeah. Michael. Yeah. How annoying is that on the feed? I haven't really, um, I haven't really looked at it. I reckon I can work it out. I just, I just, if we were going to be ten episodes, I would say let's just launch. Let's be honest. Mm. But I think I think we're so close. We just need a little more wiggle room, Michael. Just a wiggle, a wiggle more. <laughs> All right. Well, look, that's what's coming up for us in the next maybe say like month or so. We're gonna try and take to the skies. Mm. Hashtag take to the skies for hashtag sky immunity. Um, if you've got any mm-hmm. thoughts or um, feedback or um, any ideas of how we can get that uh, achieved, uh, get in touch via Instagram at not hobber and hing official. Uh, but Lewis, we'll see everyone next week. Thank you. Bye.